0: Evening, afternoon, all. Welcome back to Trekway Way. Mr. Grey Knife, thanks for coming along, Gray. Um howdy, Howdy! Indeed, we're we're just doing a one-off special today. We haven't done one in a few weeks. There's no timetable or schedule for it. We just do one when we can, when we want to, um, and we have a a, a sheet of well, a spreadsheet of loads of well, it's a spreadsheet. It's a Google Doc full of ideas, uh, and we note things down. Uh, this one today is a bit more interesting for me. It'll actually be Gray talking more than me believe it or not people can you believe it uh so stra- <laughs> strap in yeah well. <laughs> um, you're gonna interview me that, kind of yeah it's kind of and he thing is though right because this is this is this is where this is all coming from gray back in the day did used to interview people uh, of all kinds for his inter- entertainment segment he had on the local radio station And he interviewed several Trek actors, along with other people in entertainment as well. And if you tune into the Grey Green Gray's Green Room that he does that I co host with him, you've got that scary little chick from Adam's family interviewed as well, don't you? What's her name again? Yeah. Christina Ritchie. The original. The original. Well, no,
1: taking it back, not the original. She was the second one. The original goes way back to the T V series. There you go. T V series was in the late sixties, so that was where it started. There you go. Um, and then the movies came out in the '90s, and then now we have uh, uh, just Wednesday, where it concentrates on Wednesday Adams, which is uh, that show's so good too. I'm uh, almost done with it now.
0: Uh, I, I well, with this that, is why you need to tune in to Gray's Green Room because he's going to try and dig out that interview if he can find it, and then we will. Well, he'll just put it on, but I'm sure we can talk about it on. He'll release it as a special, won't you, Gray? Probably, and then we can talk about yeah. it on the next grey's green room and have a little gab about it um but yeah so essentially he 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 uh if if you've paid attention to any more of the specials that we have up they range from all kinds of things to private captains uh to uh some breaking news we covered star trek day as well did not we gray um we mostly disliked that um bad production value safe to say um, yeah, that was we just cut. We we just wanted to cut out the bits that we enjoyed, which were the trailers and whatnot. They're always the best parts. Um, and we have done uh, Gray's. We uploaded Gray's um, interviews from previous Trek actors. You know, people like James Dunen, uh Takai, um, Freaks the there and there. Who's who else? We have Michelle M- M- yep. Nichols as well. Nichols. God God rest her. Um, so and we'll Eventually, we'll. I'll put out. We'll put out uh, oh, uh, Michelle wonder.
1: Forbes. We have a short one on Michelle Forbes. I did. Uh, the toky is coming,
0: and uh, I'm trying to think what else. I I did have a Michael Dorn. I just. I can't find it. G- Gray remembers. Uh, who was that lady you, you mentioned again? The first lady of the the Michelle new badge. Yeah. So Gray and I had this conversation. I couldn't. I I couldn't uh, p- picture who she was or where she was. Right. And then. As soon as I Googled her, I went, I recognize her. She was the, the nasty Admiral from the re Battlestar Galactica, Admiral Kane. I'm trying to convince Grey to watch this. People, if you're never going to comment on this channel, comment below telling Grey why he needs to watch the, the newest version of Battlestar Galactica. It's one of the best sci-fi shows I've ever seen. If Star Trek didn't it, exist, it would be number one. That's how good it was. Um, but who did she play in yeah, Star Trek again, Grey? Who the uh, uh, The the lady's name again? I've already forgotten. Michelle Forbes. Michelle Forbes. She yes. played. She played Ensign.
1: Oh, um, and she was in Next Generation, and I think she was in a little bit of Deep Space Nine. The, the whole thing on her was that Ensign Row was supposed to be, or this is what they originally intended for the character and the actress, uh, was to become uh, what Nareet is uh in deep space nine so in other words she was going to be uh the head of of the station uh aside from cisco of course um and i guess the rest is history because she turned it down she didn't want to uh stay only on one one show um not that she didn't dislike it she loved it but she wanted to do other things in her career And, and to be to be truthful it probably worked out good because uh, Michelle Forbes has had actually a very good career with lots of different things.
0: Uh, I'm glad um, you you say that, Gray, because remember me telling you how good she was in Battlestar Galactica. She played yeah. a kind of Ner- Colonel Norese type character. She was a lot nasty than her If I'm being honest, without giving away, because I do want you to watch it, she mm-hmm. goes about captaining the the ship and the fleet in such a dictatorship kind of way that she. She goes above and beyond what she sh- should be allowed to do, and she's got that kind of RC attitude. Uh, you know, she takes no shits from no one, and that's Colonel Major Narice. Uh is she a Colonel yeah. or Major now? I've lost count. Um, that's Narice for you. She is. She would have been great in that role. I'm kind of glad mm-hmm. she didn't get that role because we wouldn't have had Nana visitor, and I love Nana. She was, yeah. was she my favorite character on that show. One of them, bloody good. Um, I think it was a, the thing
1: about least good Trek anyway is that you tend to have a really good ensemble. There's really not one per se. I mean, you, true. you can you can say that you know you're going for the captain. Okay, I get it. But generally, the top three to five or whatever uh, cast members are pretty strong, and the ensemble clicks because how can you, especially Deep Space Nine, where they're they're always on the station, so they generally speaking. So they didn't go, you know, to many planets. And on Deep Space Nine, you, you loved Cisco, you loved Norris, you loved Odo, you loved you uh, Quark, on. you loved Everyone later, you, you were you were used to Wharf. he came along, that kind of just made it that much better. You know, uh, uh, Nog and and uh, oh, God rest his son soul. Jake, and it just keeps on going, so you know.
0: This is why Gray needs to watch, you'll get around to Discovery Season 3 and 4, because you see a tribute to Nog. One of the futuristic ships is called the USS Nog. Which was um a really really nice um and what sees what was the actor's name again Do you remember I'm really bad for that <laughs> no whatever his name is uh, I apologise for not knowing in fact let me tell you right now let's see no right, character no character let's see how fast Google really uh, is Aaron Eisenberg <laughs> right so uh in in third is it the fourth season both of Discovery. It's called the USS Nog, and it's the Eisenberg class. Not only did they name a ship after them, they named a the bloody class of ship after them. That is, nice. that is classy. That is class. And there's the Voyager, nice J, the Voyager J, which I'm really happy about. You Google, wow. the, Google the Voyager J and have a little sneak peek at that. Great. Ooh, she looks good. <laughs> um, anyway, we're already diverging, as we do. It's typical, the wave style. Um, so as I was saying before, um, because of uh, Grey interviewing these cracking actors back in the day. Um he found out some things, some home truths that he's gonna diverge a little bit. He's just gonna chew the fat. Um but first of all, Greg, could you tell the people how you came about the the, this interview chance that you had, how you got this little slot uh for your entertainment show that you've already told me but the viewers don't know. I mean at the
1: time at the time, um I was working on uh Getting an entertainment talk show, no. uh, kind of like what we do now, but back then it was only radio because there was no internet, or, at least initially, uh, and so forth, if you can believe that, right? I'm saying nothing. So, Nick
0: would normally <laughs> say something. I'm not. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, in, in,
1: in any case, starting the show up was kind of, it kind of coincided with the fact that my uh, uh, good friend at that, that time uh, was producing Star Trek shows, and he was producing Star Trek shows all around the country. Um, at that time, I was doing a lot of uh, advertising and marketing. That's what I did for 30, 35 years. And he gives me a call and says, look, I'm doing these Star Trek you know, conventions around the, the country. I need your help to put together TV spots and to help me uh, buy the time on TV stations where the shows are going to be to advertise them before they get there, et cetera, et cetera. So I said, cool. So I saw an opportunity and I said, look, not that I was going to ask him, for money other than my expenses and stuff for everything. But I said, look, you could do me a favor. You don't have to pay me my fee as long as I get to inter- interview the actors or at least meet minimum of meeting them. I would have taken the money. And be- better than that, being able to interview them, put them on a show. So he said, sure, we, c- we can work that out. So it was a good relationship. And through that, uh, I was able to meet uh, not everybody in the Star Trek cast of the, some of the shows, but, but enough. And uh, what we would end up doing is we take the, I would take the star, and we would, prior to maybe the event or them going on stage to talk or whatever, um, I would get you know anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes to 45 minutes or whatever to talk to the star, ask whatever I wanted, and et cetera, et cetera. So we would go to some quiet part of the hotel and, and do our thing. So as you can see on the Trekway, I didn't do a lot of these interviews happened in the 90s, like 1991, 90. Um, and, you know unfortunately, sometimes the audio isn't the greatest, but you can hear it well enough for sure, yeah, yeah, um, but this is such a thing. I mean, you're talking about videotape and audio tape that's thirty plus years ago. Yeah. Uh, so I'm surprised some of it even survives, but it's it's weird a lot of times have passed, but I remember it like it was yesterday to some of these people, and I was just like thrilled to be able to talk to uh, people such as this, but also because it was from Star Trek and it is true sometimes when you talk to some people and they say, uh, when you talk to celebrities or whatever, are they you know, are they divas, are they regular people? And I found that most of the people that I've talked to were all pretty much regular people when you really started to talk Good. to them. And I would talk to them not on camera or not on audio. And it'd be, it'd be pretty much the same thing. We'd be talking about maybe... Uh, favorite sports they like or favorite movies that they like or
0: They're not track related you know, just or, normal day stuff yeah just yeah. normal
1: stuff you know in fact i used to go out of the way when we weren't on camera to talk about things other than track, because i knew that that not that they didn't want to talk about trek but when you talk when you talk about it inside outside all day every every day when you're on a or it seems like every day when you're doing conventions yeah. um, you know you'd look for a little bit of outlet to talk about something else smart
0: smart so like we would it. often
1: talk about whatever's whatever happened to be going on yeah, yeah you know right yeah. everything which is kind of neat um i one of the out of the people I, i've talked to a bunch of different people and they're all like their personalities are definitely different from you know one to the other
0: was who, who your uh, favorite if you're going there before we you do the whole spiel in one day um, break up who's your most i talked to the
1: tos cast some of them i've talked to Some of the next-gen cast. Probably my favorite would be James Dewin, who played Scotty. Only because he was a real interesting guy. He'd been around and done a lot of stuff. Talkative. Yeah, very talkative. And he would also not hold back. He would give you opinions, bad, good, or indifferent. um, No problem. And generally speaking, uh, his evaluations or what he talked about were usually pretty good. Yeah, you know, and he and he would talk talk about it in such a way that he wasn't, uh, what would be the right word? He wasn't trying to be vitriolic against people. He was just kind of saying Is it a matter of fact,
0: kind of thing. Well, like he speaks his mind. I appreciate that.
1: Right now, some of that could be taken as being uh, somebody who had some kind of a, a vendetta on someone else. These today, yeah. you know, but it really wasn't that. Um, and it's hard to explain because unless you were, you know, talking to him a lot i spent probably more time with jimmy doing than i did the other crew only for whatever reason because at that time when he came down um we had put together a larger radio tour mm-hmm. so we basically are in a limo with a him limo. i was you i was posh yeah i was in a limo that <laughs> so i'm in a limo so i'm Drinking sitting the here champagne
0: and, and here. the-
1: here's jimmy okay. doing right here next to me hey jimmy what's up <laughs> and um we're sitting there talking going from station to station. So we visited probably five stations in that little tour of, uh, I guess it was maybe two hours or something.
0: Nice. Um,
1: and so we go in each station, they would interview him for 10 or 12 minutes and we bang, how you doing? We'd leave and go on to the next thing. Um, one of the little stories that was pretty cool is that at that, de- that time, um, the uh post production house that I was working with, and post production if you don't know what that is, is basically after filming uh, certain things, whether it be a commercial, a movie, or anything. No, it's cgi in,
0: people usually.
1: Right. Goes into post production, which could mean a lot of things. Editing, uh, putting together the music, uh, the the, the character stuff you see on, on the the uh type the uh, I don't want to say character generated, but the typing, the letters and things you see across the titles. All the garbage is done in post-production so there was a post-production house that we used and we kind of churned off these star trek commercials because they were pretty much uh uh kind of like rubber stamped every one of them were very similar to each other because they didn't need to be different yeah um so we would just kind of pump them out so when we went there um a couple of the people there especially the president of the company uh was a big star trek (laughs) nut. so he was always happy to he himself generally would not always come into the client's room uh, to watch stuff because he's too busy with other stuff going on and running, running the business. But whenever we came, he would always find time to come and chat with us. And many times we brought this, if they were in town, we tried to bring a star with us if we could. It didn't happen very often. Yeah. At um, this day, it was kind of unusual because when we went, went into the post-production room, is about probably about a year or two, before uh, Jim, we brought Jimmy Dewan down. Um, they had a big wall. One like Imagine your bedroom, a good-sized bedroom, and one whole wall was completely painted black, and then stars and planets and everything were drawn around. And then in the middle, about this big, was the, the Enterprise. Okay. I knew this, so I sat there and I, I told my friend at the time, I says, dude, if Jimmy Dewan's coming down here, we're going to be running around anyway. We got to bring him into the, the studio and just not, don't tell anybody. Just telling them, just book a session as if we're going in there to edit stuff, even though we knew we we're going to Was gonna this edit the original
0: shit. one they used for the model?
1: Uh, no, no. This was a, paint, a, a painting on a wall. Still. So, still the, so what it was it was a painting. And this guy spent time. It was a nice looking enterprise and it was pretty good size yeah. painted on the wall. Uh, so, it looked like it was going through space on this big wall. So, I said, don't tell them that we're. Bring in Jimmy Dillon, just tell him, like, we're going to come in and we're going to edit commercials together, like we always do. So, okay. So we do that. And then we walk in with Jimmy Dillon, and the front desk people knew who he was right away. And they're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what? What's going on? And they're like, it's, it's, it's uh, the, the Scotty, you know? And they said, yes, James Dillon. This is hi, And he's shaking his hand and everything. And everybody's all really like, just so happy. And then the president comes out and he's Freaking out. He's sitting there going like, Oh my God. Oh you get yeah, 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 that's Jimmy Doan. Welcome. <laughs> he was like just beside himself. He Is that what he so, liked to be called Jimmy? So
0: happy. To interrupt, did he like to be called Jimmy? Was that his thing he was like, please call me Jimmy if mm-hmm. someone tried to call him James or Mr. Dune or When he was introduced, he yeah. liked to be called James Dune. I don't know. Um
1: I got the feeling that you really could only call him Jimmy if you spent a lot of time with him. Did you call him Jimmy? Um I called them both, James, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> okay, right,
1: okay. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so so as we come into the room, you know, because at this time they still think we're editing commercials too. And he says, no, we're not really here to edit commercials. But we did bring Jimmy by to sign the wall. Oh, nice. And they just went, what? And he says, yeah, you know, do you want Jimmy to sign the wall right under the Enterprise? And he, they just go, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> so we had old... to find the...
1: Uh, we had to find the proper pen to write on the wall. So we got one of those uh you know those pens that write they look like they're writing metallic?
0: Oh yeah, like I a sticker like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so cool. like it's
1: like a gray colored metallic. There's so it. he goes up in the Enterprise and he and he just he just was James, Scotty, doing Yeah, I love his signature. You know, right under the Enterprise and it stayed there for years until unfortunately the business closed eventually. Oh, I man. always wondered though, because I lost track of the guy. You want the picture. No, 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 no. But what I was curious, and I, and I could be wrong about this, but I just got the feeling that, that when they were getting ready to move out of this place or whatever they did, somebody, I'm, I'm assuming or hoping it was the president of the company, probably chiseled that out of the wall <laughs> and, and kept it. That is you know, a good Why point. would you not?
0: Why would you not put it yeah. in a canvas and put it on the, the wall? That's just... That's, yeah, or something. That's, they never thought that one through. That's cool, man. Well, it,
1: it, luckily it was on what they call drywall. It wasn't really on concrete, so you didn't have to literally chip it out.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So they could actually just cut it out or, or whatever. So I'm hoping that whoever, I hope he took it. Um, but that was like one of the coolest days, though. That was just totally, you want to see people just totally floored like, so were you, there, was a, there was there was actually one or two people in the room that didn't know who scotty was because they of weren't course, really one or few. 2 that they're not trekkies of course yeah right exactly but most people really knew and they're just uh, kind of like i so
0: can't believe it can i ask really quickly great i'm um, sorry if i missed this point why mm-hmm. were you following about from station to station when you didn't really do that with anyone else um, well
1: with some people or some of the actors and actresses they they like anything else you have contracts, and although I wasn't privy to seeing the actual contract, I knew enough about what, what it was my friend told me. Oh. And some of them agree to do interviews uh, at radio stations, and some of them don't. Uh, some of them will agree to go to one station. Some will agree to go to multiple stations. It all de- depends on what they think, feel, or have decide to do. Generally speaking, almost everybody that came in will always do an interview with me. Um, that's because I'm charming. So. Just have that it's kind of face, worth- don't you? no but i'd like to think the fact is that i'm i'm not a pushy kind of person and i just sit down and talk normal stuff with these people yeah and they get to like me right away and so i usually don't have any issues when so I was you interview
0: him. jimmy at the start of your touring or at the end as part of uh
1: no more more towards the end we did yeah. the the tour of the stations first and uh, because it was prior to the weekend of the show and then the weekend the show usually ran saturday and sunday sometimes fridays Friday night. Um, so we would do all that the, the the lead up stuff maybe the day before or something like that. Um so it was kinda of fun. It was always fun coming to the stations and watching them all, you know, gawk at the <laughs> whoever star I bring in or something.
0: You you, you found um, out some home truths as well, uh that you, you're I think you're comfortable sharing because God rest his soul, he's he's passed on now and not gonna sue you, hopefully. So um some Yeah, there's so, so you're in a car for a while with limousine, you're having to chew the mm-hmm. fat, aren't you? and kill some time, and because he basically says what's on his mind, which I love, he maybe blabs a bit too much, but he tells you some things that you found yep. interesting from certain characters or actors he's worked with and a certain mm-hmm. TV show he's worked on? Yep. Um, I'm probably not privy to say everything he told me, but,
1: he, but I can say certain things that are funny yeah. that's not a big deal. But the gist of the conversation sometimes when it did happen to drift on uh, the show, because like I said, I didn't always talk about the show off camera. So, uh, but it, we did a little anyway. anyway. But the gist of it was how, how he got along or, or, or his perceptions of how some of the other crew got along um, with each other and or the characters and stuff. Um, from what I gather, and some of this people have seen in our articles as well, it was kind of a, a split between the cast. And, and I don't mean a, a split meaning they hated each other necessarily. Um, but you had your, your top three. And your top three, of course, in the original series, was going to be Shatner, Neenway, and and uh, DeForest Kelly. So you would tend to find the, those three kind of hanging the, around each other more often than they would be hanging around with the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they weren't seeing them. Doesn't mean they didn't see them. Didn't, doesn't mean they didn't intermingle with them. So I don't want people to start thinking, like, oh, I never talked to them. No, that's not the case. It's just that that tend to be the somewhat of the division, and that's not unusual uh, back then with certain stars that have attained a certain stature. It's not that they're... Not every star acts like they're... they're uh, uh, Prima the old style king, Yeah, or the old-style king and queen from years ago. Yeah. Like, don't touch me. You know, and so so not. All, I'm not going to say that there are a few that are like that, but just of not that many. So it wasn't really so much that. It's just that that's just the kind of how the the hierarchy, if you want to, if you want to call it that, just kind of fell into place. So that was that was one thing. Um, uh, Jimmy pretty much got along fine with, with uh, the rest of the cast. Michelle, he had many good things to say about Nichelle and and uh, George Takei and Walter Koenig, and uh, that's good. You know, and the rest and stuff overall. Uh, when it got to the, those three, um, everybody uh, kind of knew who DeForest Kelly was because DeForest Kelly actually had a history before he came on the show. Yeah. Uh, DeForest Kelly used to, used to star, if you Google him. You see the oldest see the show? That
0: he's... Great, sorry.
1: sorry. At that time, oh, yes. Oh, okay. At that time, yes. He had been, already been in a lot of Westerns. Um, and if you'd seen, if you look at his filmography, oh. he, he was in a bunch of Westerns, and a lot of times he, he was a bad guy. <laughs> um, and he was the perfect bad guy. He's played actually pretty pretty good in some of those pictures. Um now it's not unusual to think about this too, because Roddenberry always said that Star Trek was a Western in outer space. This is the way he always viewed it. True. Um, as trying to take a western and put it into outer space, what would it be? Um, Forrest Kelly came from Western, so he really he knew what that was about. So so as far as I guess the uh, at that time, the one that had done the most, it was really, you know, D. Kelly. So, at that time, now he said he had a. Jimmy said he had a pretty good relationship with him. As um, when it gets to talking about Nimoy and, and Shatner, then it starts to change a little. He he got along fine with, with Nimoy, but he wasn't. I, my guessing, or from what I was putting together from the conversation, uh, was that he was closer to the rest of the cast than he really was with the with the big three. Um, And Scotty is always kind of like, which was cool, the character Scotty was always kind of like right in between. So he wasn't in the big three, but he was also a little up above the rest of the crew and essentially this. And and that's true in the scheme of order, more or less, because you're going to have your captain, your first officer uh, medical, and you're going to have your engineer, usually. Um, So it kind of made sense, I guess. Ah, uh, but it seemed that he got along more with the the rest of the cast as opposed to the big three. More now, he's told me in the past, because especially when they started getting into doing the movies more, and Nimoy started w- or wanted wanting to and or pushing for the fact that he would like to direct mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek. Now. Nimoy has directed a couple things, and if you remember, he did Three Men and a, and a Baby, if I remember correctly, which actually was up for an awards and stuff. It was a really good movie. He also directed several other things that uh, actually worked out during uh, Star Trek days,
0: yeah, like the early Star Trek uh,
1: days, and afterwards, oh yeah, uh, as well. So he's he's got a decent little, you know, resume behind him as far as directing. Yeah. But how the directing came about uh, initially, especially with Star Trek, um and I don't know the complete story with this, and, and but you kind of heard about it in articles. But anyway, when Khan* came out, everybody knows this now, he didn't want to play Spock anymore, and he wanted to basically have the character go out in style, or the way it should be. And when you saw Khan* and, and Spock dying at the end, of course, everybody Spoilers. was shocked. And everybody. And, yeah, really. <laughs> Not now anymore. Not 40 years later, or whatever. But anyway, so... Uh, and it was the hardest kept secret because there was many little things they tried to do to keep it, people from really knowing that that ending was going to happen that way. Yeah. And no one really suspected it. There was, a, there was a little story, and it's out there on the internet too, uh, that they were th- there was a scene uh, in Wrath of Khan with the Kobayashi Maru, right? Yeah. And there was a scene where Spock was playing part of the Kobayashi Maru for the cadets. And in the scene... Uh, the cadet ends up failing the mission, of course, because you can't win the no-win situation, or the no-win scenario. And in that scene, uh, Spock dies; he gets electrocuted or whatever. Kobayashi, remember that? He's dead on the floor.
0: and that was acting with an acting. Sorry, Gray, that bit was brilliant acting with an acting. The way you just felt because remember Bones coming in after? Was it bone No, it was the it was it was it comes
1: in. He goes, "Aren't you dead?" he says now the funny thing about that is that scene was the scene that they used to be the subterfuge to the fact that spock really was going to die so so the story went out like oh spock dies oh no he can't die and so to get around that they're saying like oh no there's supposed to be a scene or something where he dies but he doesn't really die yeah and that was the scene so when you first saw the movie and myself included when I saw that scene and, they, and, and Kirk goes up to Spock and says, aren't you dead? Are you supposed to be dead? Aren't you supposed to be dead? I said, oh, that was what they were talking about. Oh, okay. Brilliant. I love now that. I get it. Yeah. And because it's happened so early on in the movie, totally took your mind off the fact that Spock was ever going to die. So then when he did die, holy crap, the entire theater was, was dead quiet. And That's quite crazy. a few people were sobbing including, including myself, yeah, including yeah, myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. so it really really hit so now afterwards of course they're all like oh my god there was such a great movie and da 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 is spock really going to be dead on this movie? so then the talks started happening now i don't remember there's different stories they say that the talk started before rathakhan hit the theater uh and or and or whether it was after rathakhan hit the theater whatever but Nimoy started saying, they started going, oh my gosh, you know, we have to bring you back somehow. Are you sure you don't want to play Spock anymore? And Nimoy started double thinking this and he, and he said, well, okay, but the caveat is that I get to direct. Ding. Oh. So when Star Trek 3 Search for Spock came out, who's directing?
0: I Not mean, Yeah, but was there a big pushback? Did they try and say no or did they give the, role mm-hmm. to the director role to him? No, I don't, no think, I don't
1: think there was I don't think there's much of a pushback because they didn't have much choice. They felt, it you could know, we have was a winner here.
0: Directing, you know, that kind of backfired. And look,
1: Star, Star Trek 2 at that time made so much money back then that they were like, oh my god, we found the, the cash cow, we got to keep this rolling. Yeah. And so they agreed and of course, the Search of Spock was pretty good. Nuno Nimoy did also direct at number 4 which was also very good. Shatner done 5, didn't he? Well, it, the you story is, that. and I'm sure I'm sure it's all true, that after Nimoy directed two, Shatner's going like, "Hey, I got to direct one." He directed nothing though. What? So he directed five, which unfortunately in the group of, group of pictures out of, out of the six, I, I you know now that I've gone back to it and watched it again, there was some there was some actually very good scenes. Well, I see the that that one or not number many. one.
0: Maybe number one's a bit worse. I don't know. I can never make up my mind if one or five was the worst. But
1: yeah, I definitely don't look at number one as being the worst. I would always put number five. But there was still some. There was some still worthy scenes in the movie. Yeah. It's, but most of it, you know. Now, what was kind of funny though is, uh, if I remember right, Star Trek Five is where they introduced I uh, That
0: just is, that just sounds like which
1: is Spock's half brother. Just sounds like Snickers. Apparently... I'm
0: sorry. This what the yeah. But now we have Cybok in, what was it? Strange, Strange worlds. worlds. That was genius. That was good writing, great, That was smart. Yeah. I like that.
1: Go back and pick a character that that only was around briefly. And Everybody's flesh him forgotten out back time. And then all of a sudden, uh, he's back. See, now, that was cool, two. the way they did it. The way, oops, sorry. The way they handled, though, having, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, in Star Trek Discovery being his sister was, that was awful. Sorry. Burn him. It,
0: Michael yeah, Burnham, it's still yeah. awful. Always will be awful. No, I agree. The way that they was, handled it was awful. There was no need for it. You could have done it done without it. She could have just been... She could have been raised by Vulcans and not connected with Spock. That would have been fine. Why? Yeah. That, was the I, fu- I, that, that was the first part of the downfall of shitting all over Star Trek canon. Yeah, yeah all right, exactly. get me started, man. I know. So, <sighs> anyway, that's
1: the story from coming out. To circle that back around to mm. Jimmy Doohan, mm. uh, I asked Jimmy Dewan about Shatner, and he, he was a little careful what he said, but he said what he th- what he thought. And basically, he said that Shatner really didn't didn't treat the, everybody except the big three with all that much respect. He, he he it was a certain amount of respect, um, but it was more like um, um, you know, I have attained my stature in life and you haven't yet sort of Gosh. um so again i'm and now i'm taking it from one one guy and i tend to believe it only because jimmy really was very honest in his opinion and very smart guy too so he said that no, nah, he didn't really get along with a lot of us meaning doing on down um it was just like the relation but the way he explained it was very interesting though he didn't make it sound as if. uh Shatner actively hated them or actively sought out after to be pissed off about them. He was he was putting it more, and people have to remember this is a lot of years ago. You're talking like he, four. He didn't years go ago. his way to interact with the right, rest but of the this cast. is the but this is the way a lot of the stars acted back there. Not Disgusting, just in, isn't it? in many movies, many TV shows at that time, and going back even more so in the 30s and 40s. Okay, if you're a star, it's like, hey, I'm a star. I don't need to be around you. Nothing, nothing personal, but I'm a star. You know, and, st- and that's the way it was treated. And even though in, when they did the movies, which was later than the 30s and 40s, obviously, there's some of that was still present in, in, in the way things were done, not like today. So Jimmy said, look, he said, there is no better actor, in my opinion, ever to play a captain in Starfleet but, but uh, William Shatner he flat out would tell me that he said he was he was he was captain kirk he always will be captain kirk and he's always and in my eyes he's always going to be the best he's just good he's just good yeah i agree you know and then and, the, and, he, and he's separating the fact of that from the personal relationship side of things and stuff so he wanted me to understand that i'm not trying to say he was trying to be mean necessarily he no,
0: was asking the questions to be fair so
1: Right, but he wasn't. He wasn't gonna like do you any favors either. Okay, yeah. uh, unlike he said Nimoy, who was who he was a little closer to and was always uh, pretty nice, into Forrest Forest Kelly, etc. Now, one of the funny things stories told Jimmy told me though was that when they were filming Star Trek IV, okay, he was wondering why Shatner was being very nice to him. And being very nice to the rest of the crew. And he was, and he was like... What's he after? You know, some, this, <laughs> what, right, is something wrong with him? What's, what's going on here? He said that a lot of times uh, there was parts where Jimmy was, you know, on his... Might have been on his knees or on the ground or something like that. And Shatner actually came over to help him up more than once on the set. And he's like, you feeling okay? Got a fever or something? You know, and everything. And he didn't know what was going on. And then finally he finds out near the end of the filming of star trek four that the deal had been made for him to direct five, well, so to direct five. Mood. Uh, and then he's going oh, ding because he's going to be directing all of us in the next movie so he wants to get on the good side while he can and so that made total sense you know it's a, like, ah, okay so now you understand All of a sudden, where I took a turn and and got all nice because, hey, I'm going to have to boss you guys around on set when when we do uh, Star Trek V. So that was that story. So that was it was pretty funny. The only other little stories that are really cool is a lot of people don't may may or may not know uh, that uh, Jimmy Doom was quite the linguist. Uh, Now, he was not that he was necessarily studying to, to be one, but he. He picked up accents rather good rather well he could do a lot of different accents it was just a, a talent of his so he would end up getting picked up as a linguist you know in when he did his parts they would just come up and say hey can you do this
0: accent can you do that accent
1: and so he starts going into the accents while we're sitting in the car one time driving oh, so he goes Teddy. To the, that was
0: one of my questions he goes
1: into the of course he's
0: speaking normal american
1: because he was. He switched into scotty didn't he and he would just switch into scottish oh, and then, into... and then he it. was switching to like every other dialect you could think of throughout scotland ireland england and he's going <laughs> yeah well, so you know when you're talking like in the whatever he would talk this kind of accent from this area of the country it's like this but then he would just do it wow. and we were just listening to
0: this and it was funny yeah because he's was, got northern uh, he's got northern irish uh family background ties doesn't he Way back he's Sc- he
1: has Scottish too by the way,
0: yeah, both but if you listen to um yeah. Gray's interview with him, he actually tells you why why he came away with the Scottish accent he did and and it's credit to James Jimmy himself why he came away with that accent. he literally was asked his opinion of what accent it should go for they let it up mm-hmm. left it up to him, and he went, well he's got to be Scottish, don't it because it makes some of the finest engineers They went oh, yeah I can. Going to be impartial and agree with him there. And while it wasn't a bang on accent, I don't expect it to be a because he's not Scottish and B because the Scottish accent can be thick sometimes. So he puts a purposeful uh, angle on it, like 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 Mel Gibson Braveheart. That's not how it sounds, but he puts it in a way that can be understood. It's still believable. And hey, I love that. I don't care. Believe me, so some of the accents he
1: was doing when we were in the car, I I can, I couldn't even understand some of the stuff he was saying. So he knew how it's supposed <laughs> That's to be the Northern but, Irish, <laughs> right? But he had to he had to Americanize, so to speak, the Scottish accent so that people could understand what the heck he was saying. Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So and that you know and that worked, but nobody but, but nobody, everybody knew. You know, he was he was Scottish. There was no doubt. Yeah. You know and. His character was great, though. He went out of the way to always talk about, you know, the the the, the whiskeys or whatever that he got a hold of. so
0: we see giving whiskeys and stuff because of the character. No, he, he he he, did, he, he, he did just drink. liked a, he liked a good wee dram. Regardless, he liked a good yeah. He liked to drink, so he, he, it was the thing for him. <laughs> were, were you um, drinking that in, uh, in the in the limousine? No. Gre- no, 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 your no Champagne, your woman, no, you're having no. a great time with James. No, no, <laughs> no, when they're on,
1: we're on when they're on, we're on that. When they are in that mode, yeah, no, that's not
0: happening. Okay.
1: <laughs> Although I wonder, because uh, not with Jimmy, but uh, there was a time uh, I went on one. I met Walter Koenig uh, once, um, and we talked, and he did, and he did a great interview and stuff like that. Great interview, I, guy? I wish I had that one. Some of the interviews are lost, maybe forever. Some of
0: them are. I'm lucky. If they're under your have, couch, viewers, if you find them under your couch, please post them into the track. We'll, we'll, we'll put them online. <laughs>
1: Well, when I was going around with Walter to to the difference, we went to three or four stations, there was talk about two different things going on at that time because not only was he uh, obviously Star Trek and stuff like that, but he also had a very big role in Babylon 5, which happens to be my second most uh, favorite sci-fi series right after Trek. And he he played a, a, a character in that, and so he was actually popular for that as well. So the the questions were coming out of the coming out from both sides, you know, both about both shows, although mostly track. But what I thought was funny that that day that I interviewed him, and I can't tell you for sure. I can only tell you what I suspect, but I don't know. Um, he was the kind of guy, at least that day, where when he wasn't on camera or he wasn't in the mi- front of the microphone, he wasn't on, you know, turned on to do his thing to do his interview. I couldn't think of anything more than space cadet so he, he was like when he wasn't when he was, when he was oh. off he was just kind of like like almost like the 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 tip, stereotypical 60s hippies kind of thing and he's just kind of like yeah did he do his know, the, uh, eyes-
0: character's voice as well for you or did, did he oh, refuse course. to do of it course because, did oh, I was he gonna did no 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 he did a little bit
1: but he was just kind of like this kind of like yeah, well yeah yeah man a few words are just kind of like rolling his head around and like his eyes are like so i'm sitting there thinking like was okay. he on something so i don't know i mean i suspect that maybe <laughs> he was i don't really know but here's the thing that was was really cool of him and maybe it's because an actor can do these things i was a little bit concerned because i was like oh boy what happens if when he gets in front of the mic and the mic's turned on and he's doing that
0: he'll switch like and, that won't he
1: Oh my god! Like a light switch. As soon as the he was just like, and then as soon as the microphones went on, he's completely (laughs) like, I'm sounding right now. Just did straight interview. Smelling salts under (laughs)
0: his nose. You're back.
1: Yep, was joking around with them, and we, you know, talking. Really great interview. Went off really well.
0: Then when we left the studio, he was back to. (laughs) Are you trying to talk to him the whole time and get stuff out of him? I, I was, but
1: he wasn't real talkative. I mean, he wasn't rude or anything. So how did all. you get
0: an interview with him? That must have been very dull.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it, didn't, it didn't last very long, but that way. But it went for a little, few minutes whatever. whatever. Yeah. But that was just the funniest thing. And I'm sitting there going like, wow, man, I, I, I'm not going to even guess what you might be on or not on, or maybe he's just
0: like this all the time. I have no idea, but it was interesting. Oh, is there any reason you never got hold of Bill? well the, the top
1: the, the main three the top three at that time uh when the start when my friend was doing the star trek commer- uh, conventions he basically couldn't get a hold of those three for various reasons one of them being they wanted a lot of money uh to be and, and that wasn't going to work the the budget for the star trek shows were only what they were he was able to do many so, more shows so is this for your with, interviews or for the radio interviews or is this for conventions well, the, the point is, is that when the convention happened in my city, which they did all the time, I automatically got the interviews. Mm. So he was already bringing them in anyway for the yeah. show. I didn't have to pay for anything, um, And they could do the interviews, which would be great for the show, great for the Star Trek adrenal, stuff mm. like that. But there really wasn't a budget at that time to bring in the top three guys. It just, it just was too, too much.
0: It's always about bad um, advice, isn't it? Yeah,
1: I know. I know. It would have been nice to be able to talk to some of them. Now, aside from that, a lot of some of them didn't want to do the interviews either. Like, I don't believe Shatner was doing many interviews at all uh, back then. You are lucky if he did one. Did he do conventions um,
0: at all that you're aware of? You, not as much here? back.
1: Not as much back then as he did a little later. Hmm. Um, but whenever he did, it was definitely major coin, you know. And that's okay. It's a, his price yeah. is his price um Nimoy the same thing Nimoy didn't, only did so many shows but it was gonna it was gonna cost you to get him out you know same thing um, um DeForest Kelly because he was older De, DeForest Kelly uh died I think in the early 90s or mid
0: 90s yeah.
1: so he wasn't around you know to do shows really that much um so I never got a chance to meet him um as far as the TNG crowd uh I met and or interviewed depending um uh like i said michelle forbes jonathan frakes um um who else uh gates mcfadden uh brent spiner neither one of them did interviews um you don't have, but he I doesn't did... have
0: he doesn't have these interviews he can't find them guys but, these two I'm but
1: to... i well no no the, i actually did not do one with either one of them because they weren't doing them oh but i did get to to mingle right. with them because every time we would d- do a Star Trek convention, there would always be like a cast party for the people that worked on the show, worked on the convention. So we would all attend like a dinner thing, and the, and the stars came out. It was required, but they came out either way. And so that was kind of nice because you got to mingle around for like an hour and get something good to eat and chat with them and stuff like that. Oh, nice! So. That just for so the, get the staff
0: m- that worked there then, basically, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah yeah pretty much
1: pretty much and we all got pictures and signed and everything i've got all my Star Trek pictures i'll show you them again one day but whatever they're all you know signed and stuff like that i've so.
0: lost mine i had them all i had all mine signed from the voyager convention and i can't find them for love their money Devastating yeah and, and i
1: don't have every single cast member signed i could have
0: easily but i don't i have
1: things like uh my claim to I fame s-
0: is meeting kate Mulgrew. Jerry Ryan wasn't there, so cool. was probably too big, you know. But uh, I, and, cool. and 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 the rest of them, some of the names escape me right now. But I wanted to ask you Gray. So if you if you if you're finished uh, covering like Jimmy and what he was saying, um, would you say there was someone that was maybe? Now this is not about causing an insult to any actor or person here. It's, that's not where I'm coming from for this question. But was there someone that was? The interview was just underwhelming and a bit meh. Whether it's recorded or not, would that be Walter, funnily enough? Um, probably. Yeah, because he wasn't saying probably. much. Um, it wasn't a bad interview, but it, it could have been better.
1: But it wasn't terrible. He, he didn't say
0: a lot, but then neither did Fricks, so if you listen to that interview. He he was a lovely guy, but it just seemed that was the shortest of all of them, you know? Well, the, it,
1: to, 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 to be honest, most of the stars don't really talk all that long. They generally talk around... 10 15 minutes and that's it you know and even when you think about it when they're when they did appear on talk shows even on tv you really think about it, as far as being on air they weren't really on air for more than 10 or 15 minutes that's that it.
0: is true if you think so that's things. what they're
1: used to now michelle nichols talked a long time to me but that was her choice i didn't yeah that was i didn't know ones. I right i didn't know that was going to go that long uh whether she took a liking to me i'm sure that was part of it but but even so that doesn't
0: mean you're going to have somebody spend the time, but True. she just, she a l- just wanted a little, to talk. Yeah. A little caveat there, Gray, for, for, for the viewers. You need to go back and listen to the, the show that goes into you because Gray is 110% totally flirting with her. A hundred percent. And I kind of don't blame him because she was a nice-looking gal back in the day. So, you know, good on you, Gray, trying to get in there. Well done. You could have been famous. <laughs> sure. But you were a family Achieve. man, so we'll let you off. She genuinely
1: wanted to talk, and so I just said, I'm thinking to myself while I'm listening to her, uh, this is great. Uh, now, some of the people that were uh, producing the show knew that she had to come out in front of the audience at a certain time. You know, they're on schedule, and they're like getting nuts, man. I could see them in the background. I mean, art, right, you got you to gotta have her stop. And I'm, and I'm sitting there going, like, what do we want me to do? Just tell her to shut the hell up? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not going to do that. So ah, bless her. I just had, it, it had to go the way it went. So finally, when she finished and everything, they were like, you know, we got to go now. When they tried to just, like <laughs> zoom her off to, you know, to get into the next
0: thing. Uh, and I, th- and I think she
1: was I think she was about 15 minutes late to her talk or whatever. Oh, dear. It's it all your
0: fault. Great. We're just going to blame you, man. Whoever was at that, call, that, that convention. Oh, but man. that was
1: so that was unusual. Otherwise, most of the time, all the interviews I did, you generally were usually 10 to 15 minutes because that's more or less what they always would be ah um
0: that's pretty awesome that i great. mean a, a
1: side story when when you talk about stars and stuff like that i many years ago going back to i think it was the 20th anniversary of disney world now they're celebrating their 50th so they could tell how old i'm getting but anyway <laughs> back when they did the 20 uh radio show did a lot of stuff with disney for the 10 years i was on so they invited me up because they're having a big they never and they've never had one as big as this including the 50th now never had one this this big for the media ever uh since and 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 so they invited us up and what they did is some of the stars that were in for the event okay they they put up a what'd you call it like a like a mini studio okay and they had like three rooms i think it was three rooms so the stars of various things would appear in these three rooms and literally the newspaper, television, radio, whomever it was, would go into the room, you got ten minutes, and if you're not done in ten minutes, we're gonna pull you out. Okay. And like, okay. So we just go in for 10 minutes and get our, you know, thing, and then we're done. So one of the interviews that I had that day, even though a lot of people aren't gonna remember this guy, but is uh Robert Culp. And I don't know if you remember Robert Culp, but he he was a guy that was uh uh did a lot of stuff. He did uh outer limits episodes, he was a nice spy um i loved that other things too he was he was definitely uh he was in two episodes i believe outer limits but but robert Culp was a pretty famous that day and literally you know they gave you a sheet and they said who do you want to interview and it was only you're only you only got like two or three people to interview and i just went you know robert Culp, because i was probably like the biggest name on there and literally man talk about being pushed in a room and pulled out okay here you guys sit down you know 10 minutes go
0: wow and it was it, it, was, a, it was
1: a good it, it was a good interview that for the sucks 10 that atmosphere out and... though it
0: makes it more difficult because you're not as relaxed as you want to be like like with michelle you know yeah true but i kind of go- i got it so i just sat there and just
1: calmed down and started going and he was a great interview for the 10 minutes but literally once it got to the 10 minutes
0: i mean you could see like the vultures <laughs> <laughs> like this... <laughs> Get out. They would go in for the kill. <laughs> you, you see what happens to the actors now these days. Great. I, I feel a tiny bit sorry for them. You see someone like, I don't know, The Rock recently for his Black Adam movie, and he's talking to mm. everyone and anyone. It's literally Zoom call after Zoom call, do, 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 all lined yeah. up. And I don't blame The Rock. He's trying to be wholesome and chatty and nice because he's, yeah. he's a decent human being. But you've got people in the background, you can see them, or you can see the reaction of the interviewer like, oh, I've been told to kind of wrap up now. And he's like, ah, it's fine. Go on for a couple of minutes, you know. Everyone in the background <laughs> going, no, it's what you're doing, man. You're screwing my schedule up. Uh, so I, I it's difficult. You're trying to ask these questions in such a short space of time. While it can't yeah. be organic and natural, I think you've done a, probably a good job considering what you had to work with, mate. so Even when
1: you see a lot of the talk shows and you see guests come on, some people don't think about it, but they go like, oh, it seems so natural. It's all scripted. Not, not every word is scripted. But the point is is that when, when a star comes on for his segment, and again, a segment may only be 10 or 15 minutes, it's like, this is your segment. This is the time you're going to be on. These are the questions, more or less, that we're going to be asking you. Uh, and, and they know exactly what's going down. They come mm-hmm. on at that time. They get their 10 or 15 minutes. They relatively know what questions are going to be asked, and that's the end of that. Now, it may come off as being supernatural. Yeah, I mean, that's supernatural. That makes sense. Uh, have it come off very, very natural. And and yes, they're very calm and natural. But if you if you think that it's not scripted, it's definitely scripted. Of to, course it you is. Know.
0: You need some kind of plan when you're going along, don't you? You can diverge right. a little bit, but you still need main bullet points like we do for our our episodes. Apart from this one, we'll barely get a thing noted down for this one because it's all going <laughs> from gray's nog in there you know memory is there um gray before we wrap up is there is there any other little stories along this theme little funny things that c- come well, to mind that you want to mention the only the only thing i kind of want to mention is even though i i never got
1: to interview shatner it's interesting cuz i've been you know following him through his career and stuff like that over all the years and then just thinking about the stories that some of the cast told me a little bit here and there especially jimmy um, it seemed to me at least the, from what I gather and also you can get it from as a whole from other articles and in my personal experience I would say that even though Shatner wasn't the greatest person maybe to them uh, and he could have been he could have been worse uh, but he was he is, he was what he was but it's interesting because now that Shatner um, I would say over these last
0: maybe he's mellow he?
1: Yeah, I think he's mellowed a lot in the last ten years, and maybe more so in the last five or six. I mean, let's put it this way: no one wants to see anybody pass away, but the dude is like ninety-one, ninety-two, whatever years old. Yeah. And I think you know when you get to that age, he's in great health back, for that age, though,
0: man. Oh, well, hell yeah! I, mean, yeah. Know,
1: I hope I'm that. I hope <laughs> I'm looking that good when I get that that age or whatever. But <laughs> but in any case, he. I think he's kind of now looking back. And to his credit, especially the last few these last few years, he's been trying to make amends to anything that he may have done that was maybe uh, in the cast eyes kind of questionable or kind of mean or whatever, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Not weird stuff, just just you know mean or whatever. And I think he's gotten back to a lot of the cast members, and and they've all kind of uh, you know when they're alive or or not,
0: they all kind of
1: made amends over the last decade including like leonard nimoy is this where you're
0: going with this this story about how you tried to well, make amends at the end yeah right there's two there's two things
1: that i think are still happening uh, to this day now shatner had a falling out with nimoy uh yeah, did, even though one. they were great friends for many years and it's been in articles and stuff that he he doesn't understand what happened and you know he regrets what what went down and so forth but the, in the long run though uh Nimoy's daughter came out and said look you know my dad was getting pretty old he was having health issues he wasn't necessarily always in his right mind et cetera. and he and he meaning Nimoy was one of those type of people and there's plenty of people like that then when they're like that the first thing they want is not to see anybody and not to uh get involved with anybody even if they're good friends they just they just separate mm. so that sounds I believe that really did happen. That's totally plausible. And I and I think and it was a shame that perhaps Shatner didn't get to to, to see his friend one more time. Man, but I do give him credit that he's he tried changed to changed his tune over time. Uh, he did get back to a lot of the cast members and tried to straighten things out. He made he flat out made apologies for William Shatter to come out more than once, you know, and flat out apologize uh to them is is pretty big of the man even though it took yeah, a lot maybe a lot of years there
0: was a couple of people that especially didn't like him
1: now there is there is only one exception to this yeah totally and <laughs> and this and this is george jake so they they had whatever falling out uh and george jake is somebody that and i think this is a shame because i i oh my you know i, I talked about oh my i talked to george <laughs> You know, in the interview and stuff like that. Um, uh, you've seen the interview. I'll, pu- I'll probably put that one up eventually or, or whatever. But anyway, he, he didn't seem to have those kind of, or, or George didn't seem to have those kind of grudges back when I talked to him. Mm. Granted, this was 30 plus years ago. Um, I didn't really hear stories like that. I heard little little harumps and, you know, whatever. Harump, harump. Could, oh, that's another one. Harump, harump. He could have been, treated them a little better kind of talk. And that was pretty much was what was coming out of a lot of the cast and stuff. But it wasn't really anything serious. I I don't know the whole story to this. This is only purely, purely, purely Thank my opinion. Okay. But it's it bothers me a little bit because it seems like George has a real bone to pick with Shatner. And he just will not relent on this. And the bad thing is is that it really has lately, especially, has been making George Takei not look so good.
0: Yeah, because why do you do six movies with someone you really, really hate? And don't tell me it's just about prestige and money, because that's just lame. If that's but not case. just that,
1: he, even in the last so many years, he's always had a dig to throw at Shatner, no matter what. Mm. And when Shatner tried to make amends, he he did, he totally refused and made more, threw more barbs at him. Um, and when Shatner recently, a year or so ago, went up on the uh, uh, went, went into space, for real, uh, which was kind of cool, he J.K. came right out and said he's he what do he say he says he boldly went where everyone's gone before that was pretty cruel you know no, to, to say to somebody not
0: that many people have been there what are you talking about george you haven't been there mate so ex- exactly so that was to me that was like the top of the, the
1: heap and i'm going like oh please do you really have to say that i'm like on. a five-year-old doesn't it exactly exactly and just recently shatner's come out and kind of had words and said look He's he's had this chip on his shoulder all these years. I'm not going to apologize anymore. It, it It is what it is, and if he wants to act like this, then, you know, whatever. I just hope so, he keeps
0: his mouth shut the day that Bill passes and just be respectful. If You you don't need to like someone. I will sure so. be hated, what, what, Then he'll be hating in the Star Trek lore forever. I mean, God forbid,
1: that. whichever one goes first, I would hate to see the other, you know, do that. And they should be a bigger man and just kind of like, If you're not going to say it, then just don't say anything. Yeah,
0: agreed, agreed. You know,
1: even if you don't want to say something good, then fine, just don't say a word. You know, that's (sighs) good enough. So we'll see what happens. And and you know, hey, look, people are people. When it comes down to it, you know, again, a lot of the people that I've talked to, and I, I'm not, I'm not making it sound like I've talked to hundreds of them, but I've talked to a few, you know, stars of of this or that. And generally speaking, they all were just. Just please, people, man, yeah, you know, and you talk to them about football or sports or space whatever, and you know or they or you talk about their favorite movies they're gonna they're like just just like another person that you would talk to that you got along with, and your favorite movie was this, and you're that. talking like yeah, and I like that because and you just get, yeah. a, and you start talking about other junk and what you think about the state of this and that and the fun and the I mean, it's just just it's just. Is. Yeah. And I and I think that was amazing when I first did this and I first talked to somebody like that. I you automatically go like oh it's
0: just like ooh,
1: royalty, you know, or something <laughs> like that. And, and then not you like to you start... relax
0: and enjoy it. Right, exactly.
1: And I never went into a conversation like that. I always tried to be myself and I have no problem talking, as you can tell. And so we just got into conversations and they got very comfortable with me and we just sat there and blabbed about whatever. Yeah, you know, and stuff. It was almost like, you know, if he lived across the street from me, I'd be going over there going, hey, what's
0: what's up? You know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, it sounded you know, like know, you enjoy I'm... it. That's the most important yeah. thing. And it sounded like um, Jimmy and Michelle were two of your kind of more favourite uh, interviews, which is great, because they're two of my favourite interviews to listen. When Grey had these interviews uh, and I don't know if it was your idea, Grey, or mine. I think it was mine. I think I asked you, could we have these interviews and put them on the track Where You're like, yeah, sure. And Grey, to his credit, cleaned them up the best he could. If you don't think they're amazing quality, turn up the volume and just imagine they could have been, they were worse before. So Grey done a good job trying to get some are better than others. But it's just a little insight into what it's like to actually speak to these. And I've met some of them, but not these guys, unfortunately. I wasn't around then, but I met some (laughs) of the people when I went to, uh, uh, I've been to two Star Trek Voyager conventions because this is my favourite. TV show. Yeah, I, you know you're well, you're
1: lucky in some respects because my, me my era was TOS and uh, and TNG, so um, I never really got to meet anybody that to, to speak of from DS9, with the exception of Warp. But Warp originated on TNG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and even when I interviewed Michelle Forbes at that time, she had just started doing the ensign Row character on Next Generation. Mm. So. When it came to most of Deep Space Nine and definitely Voyager, I met Robert Picardo briefly, but that's about it. Oh. I, didn't any, I, didn't, I didn't meet any of the rest I, of them. I, I was trying much to, find to
0: speak of who I met. So I did meet Kate Mulgrew. I remember her um, making a promise that she would not leave until she'd signed an autograph for everyone, which was really sweet of her. Jerry Ryan it, wasn't there. And I'm gutted because I was 18 at the time, 18 year old lad jerry ryan star trek catsuit you can the rest you can put to your imagination i was yeah. really wanting her to to meet her uh kate mulgrew was lovely uh i mm-hmm. met Christ, oh, what's her name it might be alice creche or it's the other one that played the Queen. it's the one from the movies basically or no okay. the one from endgame and voyager um i met her and I, I remember dancing where for the, the thing at the end, you know, you actually could dance with some of the stars. And I was dancing with her. Uh, not an outfit and uniform. I never went that far. And no disrespect to people out here that listen and watch this, who love dressing up for Star Trek. I can't go that far. I can't. Sorry. Everything else about it. Yeah. The, the actors, sure. the, the meeting, the dancing. No problem. But the, the dressing up, no. So I bet a lot of these people had a grand, grand time and then come back with flu. Oh, there we are so i and i had all these autographs and things as well and I, i've lost it i'm absolutely devastated so these are great memories um yeah. and I'm, I'm glad gray that you shared some of them with us because just nice to have that insight um but what we'll do unless you've got anything there you want to add in, gray we'll, we'll wrap up there um we'll do the usual, um, yeah one last a little, sort of thing. The little funny okay. a little funny story with uh michelle nichols
1: um okay. When we were done each of the interviews, at that time since I was doing my radio show, it was called The Art of Entertainment. And mm-hmm. they would do a promo. A promo means a promotional commercial for the show. So I would write them something that only would take maybe, whatever, 10 or 15 seconds. And so they would say something like, hi, I'm Michelle Nichols. You're a Star Trek, and you're listening to The Art of Entertainment, and I have the Star Trek music. And I played all those promos, all the Star Trek promos and, and others on my show all the time during breaks. But anyway, the day that, that I finished her interview and that I did, gave her the little, the little thing to say, she was funny, like a true, like a true movie star. She's looking at, the, looking at the script and going like, okay, I think I'd like to try a couple of different versions. And she's like rewriting it a couple <laughs> of different ways. And I'm like going to myself, like, you really don't have to. And they're, they're all bugging me at the back going like, you got to get her out of here. She has to go on stage. I say, dude, what you do you want me to do? And so she's going. Let's do it. And so she writes it like two or three different ways, and then she delivers the lines on all two or three for me, you know, and stuff like that. So I was thrilled, but at the same time, the people in the back of me are going like, "Ah."
0: (laughs) "I wish I heard these, man. I didn't hear this. I heard your um the the little promo messages, the little commercial advert things at the start, and it sounded like someone was doing the dishes at the same time. One of them that was amusing. (laughs) I got but." I, I wish I heard these promos, man. I do have some of them. I, the problem is that I, I have to go back on
1: some of the shows and then run them through, which takes a lot of time. Does the radio only, station only... still
0: exist? Go down there, man.
1: Yeah, sure. They don't exist. No.
0: Oh, no. You
1: know, what it was is I had these things, because I had to be uh, both I was hosting a show and I had to be a board, uh, board engineer at the same time. What do I mean by that? I controlled the microphones. For myself for my co-host for anybody else that was on a mic i'm controlled when the commercials were being played because they're right in front of me on a machine so i had to sit there and just so i had my own things on my own little carts and i used to stick them in and then i would have to play those so i don't have those anymore and even if i did there would there is no machinery that plays the suckers anymore oh so so virtually i have to go into these old shows pass up all the talk and get to the commercials to find out which ones i play one day I will do that because I want to lift him. Yeah. And when I do, then you'll hear him. I had John breaks do it. Frakes, you know, in fact, I had uh, It was funny. I had a sponsor back then. Uh, it was called Shorty's Barbecue. Then they had barbecue place, right? And he was a truck nut and stuff like that. And he was going like, "Oh, could you get him to do like a, like a promo commercial for me?" And you know, and they're they're paying <laughs> the station and me for the ad time. And I'm like, and he was a good guy and everything. So I went like, "I'll try." I said, "No promises." So I wrote up a line for Frakes, if I remember how it went. I said um I think the line was um um uh he, that I he said something to, along the lines of I like to I like Shorty's barbecue and I would take that over, over over Klingon uh what was the name of the the stuff that they used to eat? Uh, got uh, Gawk. yeah that's. It. yeah I said I'll, I would eat that over Klingon Gok any day." And, <laughs> and I wrote that whole thing. you wrote that improvised. Oh yeah, oh, I, yeah. Yes. And he read it word for <laughs> word. He liked it. He, and he read the thing word for word. And I said, "Really, thank you." I said, I didn't mean to you know push you that but my friend is going to go completely bonkers over this. And so later <laughs> I played it for my friend, and he couldn't believe it. He was going bananas going, like, Oh my god. I said god,
0: that's how, like that is so good How do you spell Gachman? Well done. Well done.
1: Yeah, I just I don't know. I probably just took it phonetically and tried to make you it. You never whatever. Googled
0: it, I'll tell you that much.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty funny that he actually would do it. I, I expected him not to do it, but he's but he said, Oh yeah, I'll do hey, it. What the heck? What a guy.
0: Top, top, top guy. And you mentioned a little point earlier on, Gray, about before the internet and, and making fun of your age. I remember what it was like before the internet as well, believe it or not saying. Yeah, I mean, people, people a t- sometimes uh, they forget that the internet Past 10 well, years, now. 10 15 years. Yeah, it's not. Well, well, I remember people. when
1: uh, uh, when I was doing my show at the time. Um, I remembered that before the World Wide Web. Now there was an internet, but I, but it was before the World Wide Web, meaning that there was no websites. The entire internet was run by DOS and typing text that Mm -hmm. was the internet it's a
0: u.s military yeah yeah Yeah,
1: well at first but then when they turned it over it became just text driven so there was no there was just the inkling of what you would call websites just starting but nothing really you know and i always remembered i had a guy who was a fan of the show and he would feed me stuff that he would get off the the text driven internet and so he started feeding me little pieces of material here and there and he's the one that found out about Babylon 5 before it ever became real, because this is going back oh, now. Wow. What the before the night before 1990 or whatever around the time? And so I'd never heard of this. And he would actually give me. You remember? I don't know if you remember, but you remember the old printers it used to be the dot matrix printers. Oh yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah,
0: definitely. Had right?
1: So he would give me pages of stuff that he found and he printed out for me. He says, "Here, look at this." And he would give me other little things and the latest some stuff going on in science fiction. That he would be able to pull off the internet uh, again, and, and so I had all these rip and read sheets from a dot matrix printer that Don't I would matrix, just kind of matrix, go... uh, So I'd go through it, and I would just sit there and highlight some of the some of the cooler stuff, and then I would read it out on the show. So, so there, you there you go. go.
0: You've had first here, people. Gray did get a little bit of t- tidbits of the interwebs for his show back in the day. So there you go. Yeah. Um. No, I, I great No, I do appreciate that, mate. I, I've said to you before, uh, thanking you for passing those shows up. Because what Gray's done, mm-hmm. is he's turned them into. he's not only cleaned them up; he's actually turned them from an MP3 which was the initial conversion he'd done, to then an MP4 so that we could put them on the screen with the, the pictures and stuff you see of the actors. That's great it's doing that, not me. So cheers, mate. I, I have a, I do appreciate that. Uh, but we'll, we will wrap up there because uh, it a, it's a long one there, but we don't mind that. We like chewing the fat. Hopefully you find this form of Star Trek discussion a little bit more interesting and different. Uh, no fancy editing, just two Trek nerds just talking about the love of Star Trek. Simple. Nothing else yep. you really need to add to that. So we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up there. Call to arms. Um, you can find us on the Trekway on Twitter uh, and all good audio podcasting platforms as well. If you don't want to see us, you can hear us uh, on, on our own. Um, we do specials from time to time, but we do tend to mostly do reviews of Star Trek episodes and we'll be back Thursday or Friday for the next episode of Star Trek Prodigy. Um, you can catch Grey uh, on his podcast along with myself, Gray's Green Room, um, on YouTube, uh, audio pl- uh, podcast platform, and on Twitter at Greys Green Room. Um, and last but not least, um, extremepcuk.co.uk uh, is our gaming community that we all originated from, and we do a podcast on that every Thursday as well if you like gaming. So um, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, if you don't mind doing us a little cheeky thumbs up, uh, I'm not even necessarily f- fussed about the subscription, A thumbs up and a comment below what you'd like to see more of. We'll try our best to do that. But, yeah, thank you again, Grey, and thanks, for everyone. Uh, And until the next time, do your thing, Grey. See you later, guys. Cheers.
1: Bye.